The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. The Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, I'm wrapping up today a long series uh, based upon Neville's uh, book, The Law and the Promise. Neville Goddard was a, a New Thought teacher, mystic, uh, philosopher, and and, and and one of the, in my opinion, greatest teachers on the use of imagination that I've ever uh, run across. So I'm wrapping up this book, The Law and the Promise, uh, teaching the last two chapters today. Um, you know, I have the, the Panorama of Truth Conference uh, next week, so I won't have a live show the next two weeks. But I hope that you all still listen to the Encore episodes that will come up. And when I do come back, I'll probably do a transition show or something like that because I want to give people an opportunity to, to get the book for the next series. And I still haven't decided on what I'm going to teach for the next series. So uh, prayerfully, I will decide and then we'll go from there. So uh, I've been bringing a lot of supplemental information in for Neville's book because Neville's teaching the power of imagination in, in several ways, and and it, I think it's important to bring supplemental information in. Sometimes people say things in a different way, and it just uh, helps enlighten. It helps un- people understand what they're reading. So this information is from a book uh, titled Divine Audacity by Linda Martella Wissett, Div- Divine Audacity. And this is um, from her chapter, The Light of Imagination. She has a couple of really good quotes. So before I actually get to the Neville book, I want to make sure that I give you a few quotes. First of all, she quotes Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 from the Bible. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, If there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 
And I think that's the key because I love the scriptures. One of the scriptures that I utilize a lot in my classes because I think it drives home the point of putting your attention on the things you seek to demonstrate, on the qualities, on the images, on the feeling of goodness, wholeness, and success. Then he quotes James Dillett Freeman, who was a unity minister and uh, the person who I believe who ran silent unity for a little while, you know, a really big wig at Unity Village. And his quote is, imagination is the act or power of forming a mental image of something not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. A power that frees us from the limitations of our senses, the power of conception. So I think this is really important because it's telling people, again, put your mind on where you want to go and who you want to be, not and what you seek to demonstrate, not on the limitations of the past. If you're living out of your imagination, your imagination has to be focused on what is creating, not recycling, as Neville will be talking about later, not recycling the past. Because you can use your imagination to recycle the past, and then you'll discover that life really hasn't changed. All right, moving on. So the book goes on to say, the author wrote, imagination is our powerful capacity to picture what can be, and by holding that idea and developing it until we feel its effects while it is yet unmanifest to live into that idea until it essentially becomes our reality. In a sense, imagination is our primary power because it is essential for the cultivation of all our magnificent spiritual capacities. Now, okay, that's a lot of words to say basically that the imagination is important because we think in images and it's very difficult to have faith, to have willpower, to be enthusiastic uh, about images in the mind that don't necessarily express as wholeness in your life. And then she quotes Charles Fillmore from the book, um, uh, the book Christian Healing, when Charles Fillmore said the highest and best work of the imagination is the marvelous transformation that it works in character. Imagine that you are one with the principle of good and you will become truly good. To imagine oneself perfect fixes the idea of perfection in the invisible mind substance. And the mind forces at once begin to work, begin the work of bringing forth perfection. So Charles Fillmore was talking about using the power of imagination to heal the body. Now, I actually taught the book Christian Healing several years ago on this show and if you go back and follow along i taught it chapter by chapter so i'm not going to get into the detail of that now because i've covered that uh in great detail already but the point that fillmore was actually saying is you have to see yourself healthy even when the appearances or the facts say differently 
uh, say different, excuse me. So I think it's important for us to be reminded just how powerful the imagination is. What are you seeing? So she goes on to say in the book, Divine Audacity, imagination is our power of conception, vision, and embodiment. And then she breaks down what all of those things mean. I'm not going to teach all of that because it's not the point of of this. I'm just trying to pull a few quotes out. One of, one of which is, I, I actually really like this quote. Imagination is perhaps the greatest tool for us to assume and claim our divine identity. I love that. Let's just stop right there. Imagination is perhaps the greatest tool for us to assume and claim our divine identity. One of the things that really trip people up is they have a negative self-image of themselves. So one of the ways you shift and create the transformation you desire is by seeing yourself differently, literally your self-image has to change. Now, I think this is one of the real strengths of the New Thought movement. I'm not saying New Thought is the only movement that teaches it, but New Thought emphasizes it in a way that you rarely run across in religious settings. New Thought starts from the basic premise that the human being is divine. That the human being is spiritual in nature and is the image likeness of God. New thought starts from the premise of what is right about you, not what is wrong about you. New thought starts from the premise that every person is an individualized expression of God. New Thought starts from the premise that humankind is essentially good and our conditioning and lack of spiritual maturity is what is producing the ills that humankind is producing in the world. Many religions teach that you are broken and when you accept their religion, their system, their structure their concept of god you get fixed so new thought isn't in so much in the fixing business it's in the awakening business now when you awaken to the truth of who you are then the character formation the character transformation the uh, uh, renewing of your mind the regeneration of the soul starts so it doesn't mean that you don't have things that you got to work on. But we start from the premise that you're already spiritually whole. You're already spiritually whole in the hospital bed. You're already a prosperous child of God. When you don't have two pennies to rub together, you're already divine love in expression. Even when you feel lonely and you don't think anybody is with you and supporting you. That's the premise that's the starting point of new thought. A lot of religions teach the omnipresence and omnipotence and omniscience of God. A lot of religions talk about why your thoughts and feelings matter. And I'm not knocking any of them. I'm just bringing this home. 
New Thought focuses on you are a perfect, whole, and complete spiritual being right now, but you don't know it. That's why we teach that the primary cause of suffering is forgetfulness of our divine nature as spiritual beings with dominion over our thoughts and feelings. Because once we understand that the reason why we are suffering is because we don't know who we are, that creates the shift that allows the self-image to be based upon the truth of our spiritual nature versus what religion is telling you, which is basically saying, I'm going to tell you that you're broken, and I'm also going to tell you that you can't get medicine from anybody else other than us. So if I am, uh, you know, a fundamentalist Christian or fundamentalist, you know, uh, uh, Muslim fundamentalist, whatever, I'm the belief that I can only go through this track to find God is what people are teaching, you know. And I think because I was raised in a fundamentalist Christian background, I can talk this conversation because I know it. I know it well. Tell somebody that something is wrong with them. Tell them they can only get fixed by 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 being a part of what we do. And so this concept of, you know, worm of the dust and, you know, I don't deserve your grace and your mercy and all this type of stuff is is breaking down a person's self-image of who they think they are. So even when they accept the religious belief, the wholeness is never in them. The wholeness is in God or in Jesus or in heaven somewhere or whatever, instead of recognizing that God is within me. And Jesus is the great uh, example, not the great exception. And I can only discover God as I discover God within my own being. I awaken to God through my own divinity. So the father is revealed through the son. And the son is God's idea of itself in humanity. So it's really important that we recognize what we're actually doing. So to go back to the quote, and during the second and third parts of this show, I'll be teaching out of the Neville chapters, not all of it, because the last chapter of this book, The Promise, is so heavy, so heavy. I'm only going to hit lightly touch it because I want you to read it and pray on it yourself. But again, imagination is perhaps the greatest tool for us to assume and claim our divine identity. The future we have been envisioning demands one thing of us that we be the person who can live in that desired future the counterpart to manifestation of an idea is embodiment or being a living expression of the qualities required for the idea to become reality embodiment is the pinnacle of creation then she goes on to say who am i and how do i live when I am on purpose conceiving of and envisioning the fulfillment. And she quotes Neville Goddard, not the book we're reading, but she quotes his book, The Power of Awareness, which is another great book. And she quotes Neville, Power of Awareness, page 63 and 64. 
Disregard appearances, conditions, in fact, all evidence of your senses that deny the fulfillment of your desire. Rest in the assumption that you are already what you want to be. For in that determined assumption, you and your infinite being are merged in creative unity. And with your infinite being, God, all things are possible. So she says, by the power of imagination, I live as if. Oh, don't miss that. By the power of imagination, I live as if. As if what? She says, I incarnate or embody the character necessary for the ideal to become real. Are you the person who can mentally, not spiritually, are you the person mentally that can bring, that can embody an ideal and bring it into manifestation? Are you the person? I tell people all the time with the metaphysical symbology of of Jesus being born of a virgin. I'm not talking about literalness. I'm talking about the metaphysics. Jesus being born of a virgin is symbolic of the state of mind, Mary, the virginal, pure state of mind that can bring forth the highest ideal or idea of God called the Christ. Can your mind give birth? So people are trying to give birth to the Jesus in them when they should be trying to give birth to the Mary in them. Let me get my feeling nature to the place where spirit can impress upon it the truth of my spiritual identity. The Christ or the Jesus or the Christ child is not born of intellectual understanding. That's Joseph. Metaphysically, Joseph can't be the father of Jesus. Only God as Holy Spirit can be the father of that which is spiritual. The intellect can only produce that which is intellectual. And it's not saying anything is wrong with intellect. Like, you know, I have Bible discussions with friends and family, and it's a big difference when you start talking about scholarship versus the spiritual and metaphysical principles that are within the pages of Scripture or spiritual literature in general. I'm a big believer of knowing your facts and knowing what you're talking about and knowing why. And I'm also a big believer in understanding that Joseph can't give birth to healing spiritually. Joseph can't give birth to spiritual prosperity, meaning using spiritual principles to produce prosperity in your life. Joseph can't give birth to the understanding and the revelations of God. It's important that we understand it. Paul says it's foolishness to man. So we have to be mindful of that. Now, it's coming up time for our first break. So let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on 
Unity Online Radio are supported by your donation. So if you freely receive, freely give, go to unity.fm, click on the giving or donate button and help support this uh, online ministry. Uh, we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Weather forecasters can provide guesstimates based on scientific data, but in the end, we cannot know with absolute certainty what the weather will be until we live it. Life works the same way. We may think we know what's going to happen, expecting the best while preparing for the worst. We can keep a positive frame of mind and weather any storm because we are one with the ever-present miracle-working power of God. We are mightier than any circumstance on this earth because we are divine in nature and a part of the eternal. We live in a world where we can realize our possibilities because we know that with God all things are possible. And the way to keep our hearts and minds centered and focused on divine potentialities is through prayer. As author Frances W. Folks wrote in her book, Effectual Prayer, If the time of achievement seems long, pray. If the way seems dark, pray. If the results seem delayed, pray. Morning, noon, and night, pray. Pray without ceasing. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. For more than 90 years, Daily Word has helped people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Take advantage of our 30-day free trial of the digital edition. You'll receive access to the online magazine, a daily email with the word for the day, and the Daily Word app. To sign up for the 30-day free trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. 
Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I have a caller on the line. Reverend Bobby is on with us. Hey, Reverend Bobby, how you doing? Hey, Reverend Galen, how are you? Excellent, excellent. Do you have a comment or a question? Uh, a couple of things. I know that early on you were talking about the uh, perspective of new thought and how new thought goes forth from the uh, foundational understanding that the human being is divine. Mm-hmm. And I had a little joke with myself right there because most of the time I see the human doing, and I said, aha, no wonder I don't see no divinity in there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know me. <laughs> you know me. But uh, but seriously, you know, as you um, – you know, you talk about the um, imagination and the picture it forms, and how important it is to 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 have that picture in man because it's that picture that calls forth all of God's creation to be supportive of you in bringing it forth. And if that picture isn't clear, that's where you get the the, the jicky jacky stuff. And and I also know in my experiences with the feeling nature you know my uh, heart chakra and that may be a little bit new age but it was jacked up it was it was messed up and and it inhibited the uh, unconditional love that's necessary like when you say in mary and the pureness because that you know, in that pure state is where everything starts to come forth and and it's important you know, for people to understand that you got to clear some stuff up. You know, this ain't just a jump in and say 10 words and everything is good. It's, it's like Johnny said, it works if you're working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it's real soul work. And you know, I think one of the things that people tend to think when they hear uh, information that is taught in new thought circles, and I would say in general, the self-help circle mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. you know and i'm a big believer that new thought is the foundation of the modern self-help movement i'm a big believer mm-hmm. in that self-help positive thinking movement primarily comes out of new thought yeah. and you know uh the challenge comes into play is um one of the reasons why people don't necessarily get the results that they want is because we put ourselves in a position where we don't understand that no one is starting from the same place mentally. Yes. Um, one of the things that, you know, uh, while I was on the treadmill, uh, you know, I've been working out like every day, uh, you know, maintaining, you know, my maximum handsomeness. And one of the things that I did while I was on the treadmill was I actually watched the secret. I hadn't watched it in years. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when it came out, it was all the rage. And then it was a lot of backlash on it. I yeah. mean, tons of backlash and you know people attacking law of attraction universal law cause and effect in general and i just as i was watching it i i chuckled because i said well i'm really actually enjoying it and actually you know it's several friends of our ministry that are in it but, yeah. but what actually came to me was i said it's the one thing that people in new thought don't teach enough nobody started from the same place mentally so when you say okay just do this and you'll get this result it's not necessarily the case when um, when I have some work to do to clear the way for my consciousness to even function that way, because because most of the consciousness is subconscious. I don't even know about the beliefs, the images, the concepts, the memories, the attitudes, the stories, 
that we formed that interfere with the process. So people will say, well, if you, for instance, you know, universal law, if you burn, I mean, if you if you put water in the pot and you uh, heat it long enough, 212 degrees of the boil, that's great. But what if something's wrong with the pot? What if the pot has a hole in it and the water is leaking out, pouring on the flame? You have to be able to recognize that the laws work within the settings. And part of the setting is the only real law of the universe, in my opinion, is consciousness produces form. Now, you can call that law. You can call that Law of attraction, you can call it cause and effect, you can call it the secret, you can call it the power of the subconscious mind, but one way or another, consciousness produces form. Well, it's just like it's just like in the fundamental understandings at the beginning, even with me. Even with me. Because that first that first Sunday where Barbara King said turn within, I was like, What in the bully is she talking about? Because I didn't understand. (laughs) I mean, as simple as that, as simple as that. And listen, you know, I could talk to you for uh, coon days, but you got some teaching to do, and I want to listen to the rest of this. So uh, until you get back, peace, brother. All right, thanks. Catch up with you later. All right. All right. All right. So before I go into the the teachings, I want to remind the people on the show that this show has a Facebook page, True Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, and I'm requesting that you go on Facebook, like the page, write a positive review, and give it a five-star rating. That's my request. This show is also on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, my request, if you listen to this show on iTunes or Stitcher, which is an Android app, that you uh, give it a five-star rating. If, if it allows, write a positive review. So that helps the algorithms do whatever they do to make sure that it gets in front of more people. All right? So my request to the people who listen to this show is to do those things. Now, uh, let's and now let's get back to the nitty gritty. So now we're going to phase into the Neville book. So I'm teaching the last two chapters, and which are the creative moment and the promise. The creative moment and the promise. So on page 134 in my book, he quotes uh, the Apostle Paul at the beginning of the chapter. From 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The natural man does not receive the gifts of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So he goes on to write, whenever we imagine things as they ought to be rather than as they seem to be is the moment. For in that moment, the spiritual man's work is done and all the great events of time start forth to mold a world in harmony with that moment's altered pattern. Now, Neville writes from the standpoint that you got your mind together to the place to where you can focus it where it needs to go. Because here's what you I really want you to be present to. When you are consciously aware of who you are and whose you are in God, that moment can be a moment of transformation in your life. It's not one moment. It's a series of moments. Not one moment, a series of moments. All right? So it goes on to say on the next page, there is an imaginal past and an imaginal future. If by reacting, the past is recreated into the present. That's recycling. So by acting out our dreams or fancy, 
can the future be brought into the present? So, so in other words, start to see what you prefer and bring that into the present. So he has a quote on here. I feel now the future in the instant. I feel, notice that. He didn't just say I see. I feel now. I feel when now. I feel now the future in the present. I feel now in the future. I feel now the future, rather, in the instant. So he says, the spiritual man acts for him anything that he wants to do, he can do, and do at once in his imagination. And his motto is always, the moment is now. When can I be prosperous? Now. When can I be healthy? Now. When can I be at peace? Now. When can I experience unconditional love? Now. When can I have joy? Now. Then he quotes the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So, so can you accept that now is the acceptable time for you to live your dreams? Can you accept that now is the day of your salvation from anything that is keeping you from expressing your desires and your spiritual divinity? Are you willing to be saved today? Not saved from the afterlife hell. I'm talking about being saved from the hell that you're experiencing now. Because the being sick, broken, unhappy is living in hell. Feeling a sense of separation from God is hell. Being detached from your dreams, desires, and ambitions is hell. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today you can have your heaven and you don't have to leave the body to have it because the kingdom of God is at hand. So Neville goes on to say nothing stands between man and the fulfillment of his dreams but facts and facts are creations of imagining. If man changes his imagining, he will change the facts. Be mindful. Again, as I've said over and over again during this series, faith thinkers are unreasonable. This is not a reasonable, reasonable religious philosophy. Telling a person who has disease in their bodies that they're perfect, whole, and complete isn't reasonable. But if they can't see the wholeness and perfection of God in in the flesh, that the word became flesh, and dwell in me, then it's hard to get that healing. The word became flesh and became me. Moving on. Because he tells some wonderful stories in this book, uh, in this chapter again, which I'm not going to read. But on page 140, 
the last page of this chapter, he says, our dreams will all be a will all be realized from the time that we know that imagining creates reality and act. So we have to act as if we already know that um, what we are imagining is creating a new experience. He says, but imagination seeks from us something much deeper and more fundamental than creating things. Now he's going to take it to another level. Let me read that again. But imagination seeks from us something much deeper and more fundamental than creating things. Nothing less indeed than the recognition of its own oneness with God that what it does is in reality God himself doing it in and through man who is all imagination. So let me clear this up. What he is saying is it is your imagination when properly spiritualized that reveals your own divinity to you. That's the, that's the shift in self-image. If you study new thought and you never shift your self-image, you have not entered the kingdom. There's no other way for me to say that. The realization of your oneness with God. The true access to what it means to be a spiritual being. If you study this teaching and don't change your self-image, you're putting new wine in old wineskins. It's like getting into a new relationship and only thing you can do is bring up the bad from the old relationship into the new and blame the new person for the old person's stuff that's bringing that so you're corrupting it the teachings of new thought are adulterated when they function from a diminished ego and personality. What do I mean by that? When you only are looking at it from the from the lack of looking at it from the point of view of a lack of self-esteem, a lack of self-motivation, and an unhealthy self-image. When you don't realize who you are spiritually, it is difficult to believe in the promises. It is challenging to believe in universal law when you think you're a worm of the dust, when you don't think you deserve good. How Saying God is the source of my supply when you don't believe that you deserve the supply does will not bring you supply. So what I'm saying is God reveals itself as you through your imagination. Through the vision, through the dream, through the revelations. Can you accept the shift because it's going to create mental, what are the term I want to use? 
the term mental is chemicalization metaphysically when old thoughts and new thoughts get together to clash and it creates agitation in the soul. But it's a mental, it's a soul disturbance when spiritual truth is impacting that old stuff, those old beliefs in your story. So I'm going to take the second break here and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. So now I'm going into the last chapter of this book, The Law of the Primus, and I do pray that you have actually purchased the book or got it from the library or borrow grandma's book or whatever you needed to do to get it because i think this book is a really is a is a real masterpiece because very few books stay on one idea even as they're teaching different concepts about that idea 
he has not moved from the basic premise of the book, imagining creates reality. It's better to get one concept down than it is to get have a, a basic information that you can't demonstrate about a lot of information. Again, most new thought people are book junkies, information junkies, and I'm high on the list. I have a serious library. I read all the time. I listen to stuff while I drive, etc. That being said, one sermon or one book lived or one chapter lived or one paragraph lived is better than 50,000 books. Can you live it? Can you demonstrate it? As Reverend Bobby was talking about earlier, um, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman was famous for, for 50 years of ministry saying it works if you work it. And her statement, I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. All right. So he goes on to say in page 141. Many people in, are interested in imaginism. That's a new term he, he just used in this chapter. Many people are interested in imaginism as a way of life, but are not at all interested in his framework of faith, a faith leading to the fulfillment of God's promise. What's God's promise? The revelation of who you are spiritually. So in this chapter, he starts to talk about the divine birth. What does it mean to be born again, born of above, the bringing forth of this divine son of God into your consciousness? So he gives a dream. He has a dream. I'm going to read this one dream because this is his and not others. Uh, he says, this is a vision, not, not literal. This is a vision. He says, many years ago, I was taken in spirit into a divine society, a society of men who in whom God is awake. Though it may seem strange, the gods do truly meet. As I entered this society, the first to greet me was the embodiment of, of infinite might. His, his was a power unknown to mortals. I was then taken to meet infinite love. He asked me, what is the greatest thing in the world? I answered him in the words of Paul, faith, love, and hope, these three, but the greatest of these is love. But at that moment, he embraced me and our bodies fused and became one. I was knit to him and loved him as my own soul. The words love of God so often a mere phrase were now a reality with a tremendous meaning. Nothing ever imagined by man could be compared with this love which man feels through his union of love. The most intimate relationship on earth is like living in separate cells compared with this union. And then he explains a few other things. And then he came out of the vision and he said, I was tormented by my limitations of understanding, but I knew that on that day, the divine society had chosen me as a companion and sent me to preach Christ, God's promise to man. So he had a vision of what he believed was those souls or those beings who already realized who they are in God. Now, again, this is a mystical experience, but if this is what we're teaching, that everybody can come into a full realization of spirit, who's to say that that can't happen? But that was his experience. So he goes on to say, my mystical experiences have brought me to accept literally the saying that 
all the worlds a stage and to believe that God plays all the parts. The purpose of the play to transform man, the created into God, the creator. So in other words, the higher purpose and promise of every person is to realize that they are an individualized expression of God. That you're not Joe or Jane or Jimmy or Lisa or Terry. You are literally an individualized expression of God. You are the word become flesh. You are I am. But what about all the people who do wrong? What about the limitations that I experience? My health and my body, the money, the bad relationships, the whatever. All are here to help you navigate into the realization that you're God in expression. That's what it's here for. They're not problems. They're opportunities for you to know who you are. Now, that could be, because here's the thing. Even when you reach a level of consciousness like Jesus, there were people of lower consciousness that was consistent, that were consistently pushing against him. And that was a part of his soul evolution. So the the people who pushed back to, on him or against him, even all the way to the Christ, only helped him produce the resurrection. So without those quote-unquote haters, we would not know what it means to be resurrected. And you, without your haters, won't know what it means either. And the haters aren't always outside of you. The haters also reflect, uh, many times, or if we don't talk about pure metaphysics, are reflections of of the the dominant mentality of humanity, which old school metaphysical teachers call the race consciousness. They also can be a part of your own consciousness. You got to know the difference. Sometimes your consciousness is in the right place, but as you engage with people, who are functioning at lower levels of consciousness, they can't see what you're talking about. You literally are talking a foreign language because the language of spirit and the language of the human are two totally different things. Sometimes I listen to folks and I'm processing my reply because I'm saying, if I say this the way I'm thinking it, they won't get it. I'm not diminishing another person's understanding. I'm, I recognize that I'm talking a different language. Now, here's what's beautiful about it. When you start to evolve and go higher in spiritual consciousness, you will start talking a different language to yourself. And you can possibly scare yourself because it's foreign to you. You don't know who you're becoming. That's the challenge. 
That's the challenge. You don't know who you're becoming. It's stated in the epistle of John. First John chapter three. He wrote. Beloved chapter three, verse two, beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him. He's talking about the resurrected Jesus. But we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Now, what this is saying is you're already a child of God, but it had, and who we will become has not been revealed, but we do know that what we will become will be like the resurrected Jesus Christ. In other words, a fully aware God being. A fully aware God being. Can you accept that? We don't, we have forgotten who we are spiritually. It's almost like we're functioning in a spiritual amnesia. Neville believes that this is deliberate, that this was the plan all along. He says on page 145, so God dies, that is to say, God has freely given himself for man. Deliberately, he has become man and forgotten that he is God in the hope that man, thus created, will eventually rise as God. God has so completely offered his own self for man that he cries out on the cross of man, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He has completely forgotten that he is God. But after God rises in one man, that man will say to his brothers or sisters, I would say, why stand we here trembling around calling on God for help and not ourselves in whom God dwells? So he says the first man has been raised from the dead is known as Jesus Christ. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, the firstborn of the dead for man. God died now by man. God has come also the resurrection of the dead. Let me just wrap this up because I'm running out of time. Jesus Christ resurrects, resurrects his dead father by becoming his father. In Adam, the universal man, God sleeps. In Jesus Christ, the individualized God, God wakes. In waking, the man, man, the creator, has become God, the creator. So what he's saying is that through the example of Jesus, we should be, we can know the truth of who we are, not putting Jesus up on the pedestal and said, oh, Jesus, we're following you no matter what. We're saying that use that demonstration to help us realize that that's our journey as well. As we're going through the process, we're saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken us? Well, we don't think God is in the experience. But we have to get to the point to where we truly surrender all. And when we surrender the humanness, the divinity can rise and resurrect. So in that, we're going to have to end it there. And 
and hopefully you got the good stuff that you needed out of this process. Work with the book. Pray with it over the next couple of weeks while I don't have a show. Go back and review the lessons and realize that as you work with it, you're changing your self-image, which will give you the consciousness that can produce the results that you desire. God bless you, and I'll be with you in a few weeks. God bless. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Every day we're faced with countless decisions, some seemingly insignificant, others life-changing. In each situation, we want to consider all the options. But in an effort to choose wisely, I may become anxious and confused, thinking that my peace of mind depends upon making the right decision. Perhaps this is backwards thinking. Actually, beginning with peace of mind helps me make good decisions. Peace is not the result of a particular circumstance, but the very cause that keeps me calm no matter what I'm facing. Inner peace clears my mind of doubt and allows me to see what would serve me best. When I have to make a choice, I remember, for every question there is an answer, and that answer begins with the peace I already have. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Tens of thousands of listeners, like you, have been transformed through the ministry of Paulette Pipe and her program, Touching the Stillness, one of the longest-running programs on Unity Online Radio. Paulette's latest album of guided meditations, Blissful Stillness, is a new and different experience. The mystical quality of our beautiful voice will reverberate through a Zen-style meditation, a mudra meditation, which are yoga hand positions to deepen your practice, and guided meditations, which we know and love. It features a new instrumental sound by Kelly Hunt with a bonus track by Kathy Zavada. Experience a blissful immersion into quiet and stillness by purchasing your own copy at shop. Dot unityonline.org. Let's fall still.
Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.